Welcome to the New Space India podcast, a bi-weekly talk show that exclusively captures insightful conversations with people contributing to advancement of space activities in India. The New Space India podcast is pleased to announce our association with Dassault Systems, a global leader in providing business and people with collaborative virtual environments to imagine sustainable innovations. Dassault Systems Solutions supports startups small and medium sized enterprises and original equipment manufacturers in developing disruptive solutions for space launchers and satellite propulsion recently a supply chain digitization study with dassault systems was conducted to provide a foundational understanding of the supplier landscape in the indian space ecosystem please use the link in the description to download the public white paper of the results of this study which will also give you a perspective on how ready indian suppliers are to enter the global space market welcome to the new space india podcast this episode was recorded in conjunction with an event organized by asian pathfinders as a part of their pioneer series in september 2020 i had a chance to play host to former chairman of isro and secretary department of space shri as kiran kumar as a part of the fireside chat organized by the Asian Pathfinders on September 26, 2020. This was a great opportunity for me to ask some interesting questions to directly the former head of the Indian Space Program and I thought that the recording of this conversation might be insightful to the audience of the New Space India podcast. So here it is unedited and for you to listen in into our discussion that happened back in September 2020 thank you narayan prasad for the uh, introduction generous introduction and also let me compliment the asian pathfinders for organizing this uh, program of trying to reach out to the people linking with those who have done some work in the various areas uh, only one question was the name of the activity itself is a fireside chat so now we are all in the covid situation in our houses and there is no fireside here for the chat but up that apart uh, anyway uh, let me compliment them for carrying out this particular activity and giving me an opportunity to share with the people the way india has um, dealt with this activity of space program and how it has impacted social and um, political activities in the country so thanking you for this opportunity and uh, the good morning to all the participants what i intend to do is initially for about maybe about 10 minutes i'll just speak on what has happened in the space program in india how it has moved and where we stand today and then subsequently probably we can have question answer as moderated by narayan prasad in fact incidentally just yesterday we completed the birth centenary year celebrations of whom we consider as the father of the indian space program professor vikram sarabhai and as many of you may be aware vikram sarabhai was the person who visualized how a technology a technology like space can be utilized for the rapid development of a country a developing country like india in fact if you see when the first 
object was put into space by the Russians way back in 57. India was a fledgling democracy which has come out of colonial rule and other rules for hundreds of years. And then it was just trying to organize itself, develop and come out of poverty and various developmental issues. And at that time, it was Dr. Sarabhai who visualized that technology of space by going out beyond the Earth, by putting satellites in orbit in different heights, you can do various activities which will be beneficial for the development in the country. You can imagine at that time, just 10 years after independence, if the government had to be convinced that a technology like uh, space, which was being done by the two superpowers at that point of time, mostly for showcasing their military strength and demonstrating who is more powerful, who is more capable. And at that time, visualizing that use of such a technology can make a difference to the country because what he had in vision was bringing in communication capability, remote sensing capability, and then using these two features, how to make sure that in India, you can reach out to the entire countrymen across the different regions, which are not easily accessible. And probably many of you are also familiar that if you put a satellite in geostationary orbit at a height of 36,000 kilometer, it acts like a tower at that height. And one third of the globe, it can continuously see. And so by virtue of that, you can establish line of sight communication between Earth and the satellite. So what Dr. Sarabhai did was he convinced his friends across the globe, Americans, Russians, then Germans and uh, French people. And then he convinced them that in India, we have a unique place called geomagnetic equator. And if upper atmospheric research is conducted in that place, the entire scientific community will be benefited. And in that form, he could bring the sounding rockets in the form of kits, assemble them in Tumba, our equatorial rocket launching site. And there, the first launch took place in 1963. And in doing that particular testing also, he had to actually convince the fishermen in that region that you need to vacate this place for us to conduct these experiments. And then he also told them with the help of a priest of the church in that place that if you vacate this place and allow these experiments to be done one day in future, the country will benefit. Just as though to demonstrate this particular aspect, India was able to provide to the fishermen in our long coastline of seven and a half thousand kilometers, specific information using the color of the ocean observed from the satellites and then through that chlorophyll and then through that the food chain of the fish and then identifying where the fisherman needs to go for capturing their fish. And this information is being disseminated by Indian National Center for Ocean Information System in Hyderabad from 1999 onwards. And this provides to the fishermen specific information using space technology. And to this capability, what was added after we brought in our navigation satellite was today a small gadget, which is battery operated, is fitted in the boat of the fishermen. And this communicates with the Navic satellites and locates the boat. And not only that, through Bluetooth and Wi-Fi, 
it communicates with the handheld device in the hands of the fisherman and this particular ability enables the fisherman in the form of a video compass directs him when he is in the ocean where to go and not only that an app on the mobile enables the fisherman to get specific information in his mother tongue on any weather vagaries that could occur if in the coming days sea state roughness is going to be very heavy or it's going to be cyclonic or wind storms etc so that it alerts him not only that if he is anywhere near the international boundary then also it gives an alert to him so you can see in this one example a person who does not know reading or writing is getting the benefit of the most advanced technology of rocket satellite instrument built on that and applications so this is one of the aspects and then in the early days what was also done was india conducted the world's largest socio technological experiment of making use of an advanced satellite built by americans borrowed for about a year and using that borrowed satellite in about 2400 villages in our country way back in 75 using technology similar to today's direct to home television the reach was established and direct to community sets were built and india conducted the world's largest socio technological experiment and through this the government was convinced that space technology is the way to establish communication and broadcasting in the country otherwise the alternate technology at that time would have been terrestrial microwave towers every 1 kilometer and then you can imagine 3 and a quarter million square kilometers of the country would have needed a huge amount of uh, the infrastructure cost and all that then beyond that in terms of uh, teleconnectivity it was established then meteorology by looking at the image data over india and its surroundings and providing it to the weather forecasting community today you are able to actually forecast when the cyclone hits a particular location in our long coastline and enable the disaster relief agencies to evacuate the people and save their lives where today in super cyclone occurrences the loss of life is reduced to single digit which used to be in the range of tens of thousands of people in the earlier decades then today by virtue of the technology that is developed in the country of launch vehicle starting from a simple uh, sounding rockets in the form of kits today we have three versions of the launch vehicle which again has gone through a lot of geopolitical influences and the activity itself as you can imagine because the dual use nature lot of restrictions are there so when you are developing the technology you do not have access to many of the things but then even in the presence of such restriction the india was able to actually do in almost self reliant manner established a capability to build launch vehicles then build satellites and then build instruments and using that today the a large number of applications but are done by state and central government departments and then whether it is for monitoring or for planning activities the state and central government departments use of this technology in terms of geospatial technology if you can visualize it has actually penetrated all aspects of human life and today whether it is surface water mapping of the country or identifying what is going to be the crop yield in major crops 
and then when there was a restriction developing the cryogenic technology itself totally indigenously when one superpower was ready to provide the technology another superpower ensured that it did not happen then all these kinds of constraints were existed not only that there was also the constraints of uh, you can say the resources india being a developing country the amount of resources it can put on the space technology was actually limited and in spite of all this today what um, israel demonstrated is it is possible to do the activities in a very different way in a manner in which you can make the best use of the technology for the capabilities of our country for the requirements of our country not only that today if you look at in terms of science what india has done it has shown to the world that we can do planetary or interplanetary missions in a manner very different from what others have done and also do international collaborative activity chandrayaan 1 if you take it was an excellent example of how technology development could bring in a large number of countries together and even in the area of science and technology chandrayaan 1 though man had already landed on moon a number of probes had gone around the moon gets the credit for discovering the presence of water molecules on the moon similarly when the mars mission was done the manner in which it happened brought in a you the entire world started looking at the country and similarly as part of our developmental activities while we were trying to gain some revenue from the technical capability of launching satellites 104 satellites which was launched in one go and then if you look at satellites like astrosat which is again making a huge impact even scientifically today it has performed an activity which is very unique even bigger satellites like hubble are actually having some difficulty in establishing observation in particular deep uv wavelength this satellite today carries the world's highest angular resolution telescope and is able to make a new observations that provide new inputs to scientific community now in an, even today the government is also trying to make use of it in space diplomacy for example south asia satellite if you look at true to our own heritage that the knowledge and skills you acquire should be used for the benefit of the entire humanity south asia satellite was an example where india provided the transponder capability to our neighboring countries to make use of it for various activities so in this manner today what india has done so far is build a technological capability of launch vehicles satellites instruments application and showcase that all this can be done specifically to address various problems in the country whether it is education telemedicine or day to day monitoring or planning and navigation in all these areas it has shown and today currently what the government is trying to do is in fact the technological capability of space if you have see we are among the few countries in the world who have this end to end capability and this technological capability should also be able to be utilized in the country by the people of the country the entrepreneurs and the various institution to be a part of the space economy space is going to be is actually the fourth frontier and you are already seeing ventures in people venturing into 
space tourism, space adventure, space exploitation, and then using the asteroids, etc., for mining and other activities. So space is the fourth frontier, like land, ocean, and air. The enterprise is growing beyond that. So what the government is trying to do is, how can we leverage this capability that has been built in the country? How more and more institutions and entrepreneurs can be enabled to be part of the space technology and be part of the space economy, which is expected to be almost $400 billion in a couple of years? How to make it happen? So it is in this con context that today, what the technological capability that has been demonstrated, but what is needed is capacity, more and more of the requirements to be established and more resources are needed, more talent is needed. That's how the country is growing. So in what I would stop at this point and just summarizing again, in a nutshell, what the Dr. Sarabhai had envisioned, how to make use of the space technology for developmental activities in the country and having reached a certain stage today, looking at how we can be part of the space economy and how we can take advantage of the intrinsic capabilities that have been built in. And with this, I'll stop and then uh, we'll get into chat mode and I'm ready to answer to the best of my capability the questions that are going to come. Thank you. So yeah, thank you very much, sir, for those uh, opening uh, comments. I think it sets a lot of context uh, for the conversation. Uh, so you did talk about several of the applications and uh, you know how they are evolving. Uh, from what I have seen so far, ISRO is building a lot of the technology, but in a country like India, uh, you have to rely on states and other institutions which are servicing the citizens to uh, to actually you know take up those applications to to benefit their their, uh, you know, a jurisdiction or their uh, so on. So we have seen, for example, BBMP or many other institutions come up and ask uh, ISRO for these applications and user applications. So uh, how do you foresee this uh, challenge of convincing more government institutions who are directly dealing with government citizen services to take up space-based uh, space services, uh, you know, in terms of one capacity building in them to know that there is a space capability that they can use and uh, can you also maybe perhaps uh, give this, uh, you had organized this meet in uh, 2015 with 1,500 officials and you know you, uh, there was news that 170 projects were identified uh, during that meet. Uh, can you please give any updates on these regards? Yeah, in fact, uh, what you're saying is a very important aspect. See, when as the technology of space was very new and then when India got into the use of the space technology, there were always the questions of whether India should be looking at the use of this technology, etc. But then one of the key things is how to make use of this technology for addressing specific problems as always the issue. And unless it is adopted by the user, the end, the person, a group, which is going to make use of the technology, it's always this particular aspect of trying to bring in the user at a very early stage in the whole of the project. And this is where, again, the whole, you can say, the approach of ISRO with the pioneers like Dr. Sarabhai, Satish Dhawan, etc. had been how to link these people. Very early, the whole activity of um, 
Professor Satish Dhawan had organized a meeting across the various government departments and then trying to bring in and showcase how the technology can be used. And then over the period, what ISRO has been trying to do is convince more and more departments. It's not an easy thing. I'll give you a couple of examples. While in the meteorology area, it was very quickly adopted and then use of meteorological data was started getting into the usage by IMD for both forecasting, cyclone, etc., etc. There were in areas, again in forestry, the Department of Ministry of uh, Forestry started using it for establishing the biennial, once in two years, state of the forest in the country, establishing that. And then in terms of, um, if you look at, for example, in crop field assessment and crop forecasting, ISRO had to almost do this activity on its own for almost three decades, three and a half decades before the Department of Agriculture and uh, Welfare established its own center, Mahalanubis Crop Forecasting Center. Today in 2012, it got established and it is now doing on a regular basis. So it has always been a process and a difficult mechanism where convincing the people, see normally you can easily visualize, suppose I come to you, you are doing some job and then I try to explain to you what you are doing today, you can do in a different manner by using this new technology. Naturally, the first reaction of a human being will be, who is this fellow to tell me? I know my job better. I have done this. So there is an intrinsic, uh, you can say, in a hesitancy in accepting new things. So that is where space technology being very new, this the problem was there. So continuously the effort was going on. And the activity, what you mentioned, actually the credit for that, we should really give to our honorable prime minister, because when he was the chief minister in Gujarat, he actually made use of both communication and remote sensing in many of the planning activities in the tent in Gujarat. And also there was a center called Baizag established where one of the ISRO person was moved over there as a director. And then he was aware of how space technology can be utilized in various government activities. So what we did in 2015 was bringing in all the secretaries of various state and central government departments and based on a series of activities, we set up about 28 teams in ISRO, worked with each of the departments, looked at what they are using space technology for and what more they can do. Based on that, that particular day's event was conducted, wherein many of the secretaries tried to showcase what they can use it for. And on that day, the Honorable Prime Minister spoke extempore for 45 minutes to tell the secretaries how space technology can make a difference to the governance, to the planning, monitoring. In fact, that gave a big boost and almost uh, subsequent to that lot of work, we established more uh, working relationship with the department and it is continuously going on. Today, for example, if you take Mandrega, where the government spends tens of thousands of crores, the ISRO has been able to work with NIC and uh, government department and today, Bowen hosts as a platform. All the activities that are going on in Mandrega gets registered and government gets to know the whole set of activities. And then it's also able to use it both in AI and ML activities in terms of planning. For example, if you are doing a water recharging structure, which is the right place to do or simply anywhere if it is done, what is the impact? All these kinds of things are going on. But 
if beyond all this no matter how much is the effort you are doing the government departments and the people available in the government are still limited it's only when more and more academic institution the student groups and the entrepreneurial part penetrating and pour over the huge amount of data that exists using that data convert them into decision making and more specific information for the decision makers it becomes beneficial it is in this area that the success has been there but limited but lot more can be that is where making the data accessible available the where the conflict between security and various departments uh, the tussle was causing the problem and hopefully in the coming days and the weeks and months these are going to be actually made and more made more and more accessible so that both the student community research community and the entrepreneurs will be able to really play a big role in providing specific solutions based on actual scientific and technical knowledge as we can easily visualize suppose you are the person who is in charge an executive you are now actually trying to do firefighting you are trying to solve it the problems yesterday or day before yesterday so you have time constraint so if you are actually given an option these are the solutions possible this gives you these advantages with these penalties you will be making an informed decision so it is in this context that efforts like technology builders technology utilizers have the responsibility of enabling the executive to understand the scenario better and provide them better options so that they can do informed decisions so the follow up question i had was around the capacity you know building and uh, information that can trickle down to citizens uh, that gives a broad overview as to what is the fruits of the space program because there is of course a lot of the direct interactions that you and others have uh, to convince people that there are you know these benefits that are coming out but uh, uh, it would be also interesting to see if there is a a kind of open information on to what level or to what extent all the benefits are trickling down according to region wise because the mandate of every state and every region as as i said you know the jurisdiction is independent so and also it perhaps creates a little bit of competition between states or between departments to also use space technology in a way that uh, uh, that benefits them so to this end uh, you know it again it trickles back to the idea that then there's a case for uh, uh, space to get more and more investment by the government and the second part is that you also convince uh, people who are naysayers saying that you know we shouldn't be investing in space and should be investing in somewhere else to also you know uh, demystify this argument for them so uh, you know do you see this uh, this these efforts uh, taken up by isro in the in the future by mapping uh, all of this information uh, and providing more and more information uh, on how broadly the the adoption has been and uh, uh, in every single program that addresses every single community and what is the way forward here this is again one another very important aspect and again it's an aspect which is actually constrained both in terms of manpower and resources see if you see just to give you an idea for example when what of comparison happens with respect to international space agency doing such reaching out etc etc 
if I were to tell you that the entire money ISRO has spent right from its inception, all the even after adjusting for the value of money, the total money is less than a one year's expenditure of an advanced country, then you can see the constraint that exists. Many of the things that we need to do is definitely if you have to reach out and bring out and tell the people both the new generation and the current generation, significant amount of time and effort and resources are required for that. And today, ISRO, by virtue of its uh, the overwhelming load that it has in meeting the current activities and then taking, making more and more. Anyway, this is a problem, but notwithstanding that, our effort should be how to make it happen. So toward this, what has been done is, for example, in last one year, under the Vikram Sarabhai Centenary Year celebration, there were these mobile vans and then which went around the country, different parts, and then trying to reach out tell to the extent that's possible. Then also we have in Hyderabad, the, in JD Matla, there's a center which is established where within the campus, any academic institution, students and researchers can come and work there. They have free access to data, all the data that is collected by ISRO. And they also have access to doing some development of uh, software. For example, one student group made use of these capabilities and come, came up with a mobile-based app for actually linking the needy of food with the sources of food, etc. A lot of geospatial technology things. And then today we have one platform for many states. And we have also actually in Bangalore, for example, Bangalore Center conducts in Kannada language every year the, for the school students and if, based on their use of Bowen platform data conducting projects, then based on the project, they get awards, etc. Et See, in all these things, things are happening, but for a country of our size and our reach, it's a minuscule thing. So the really, again, the problem comes back to the resources that we are able to provide. And this is one of the major constraints. Though the desire is there, though the need is there, many times it's the resource that puts a constraint. But notwithstanding this, we are encouraging the people, for example, the staff of the ISRO itself, we are encouraging them to go to their home places where they have learned their school from school and then try to showcase there when they go there in their holidays. So in different ways we are attempting, but finally it boils down to the resources that are available. Yeah, and uh, that is, of course, uh, a large part of this debate. And uh, uh, especially when you uh, look at, uh, for example, the evolving security situation in India and, you know, the given the talk is about the social political context. And recently, the government has taken a decision to also branch into defense space uh, with the creation of the Defense Space Agency and Defense Space Research Organization. Uh, since India, you know, was uh, one of the only countries that had a very civilian approach to beginning the space uh, program and, uh, you know, evolving it for the last 50 years. Do you think that by branching out into defense space separately and keeping civil space separately, the budgets for the entire space, uh, you know, activity becomes much, much larger because, you know, defense always gets much larger budgets than any other activity normally uh, in 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 the country so uh, so do you see like you know the defense space uh, you know evolving in a way that uh, it gets a large budget uh, which will allow 
you know more, more and more applications and more and more uh, an opportunity evolve in the sector yeah see if you really look at how the technology development globally has happened in terms of access for people to do research and then money available for doing research etc internationally it is only the defense activities which has spurred the spending of money by the various western countries and it is a trickle down effect of this money which is available to researchers whether it's in academic institutions or even private enterprises etc etc which are happening internationally in india like the way the whole activity started and because you are coming out of uh, a colonial rule and then the way the government started looking at the development the corresponding scenario of uh, the money that is being spent in the defense sector was much of it was not happening within the country for various reasons i don't think we need to get into that aspect but then what you are telling today as a country grows as it becomes economically stronger and stronger and also as it needs to protect itself these are essential things which are going to happen there is no way india can avoid getting into this use of space for ensuring that it is able to protect itself for example if one of the countries is trying to make use of it for all the the advantages it can take from that others cannot remain mute spectators they also will have to do sufficiently to protect themselves because one of the basic thing is a country requires its own to protect itself and then when others have while originally the idea of space was a common heritage of the humanity and it was not to be used for military purposes or for those kinds of activities but then the the human behavior if you look at it is might is right is always the scenario those who have the capability will dictate and then those who are trying to make use of britain like you have an air force army or you are going to have a space force then you are also forced to do certain things so in this context what happens is while the last 4 to 5 decades india was able to make the best use of the space technology from the civilian domain but it's also now required to address the problems it is facing and spend more and more on these activities now the atmanirbhar bharat is where the defense expenditure might see more components spent in the country and through that provide more opportunity both for the industry and academia to get a share of that money yeah, because if you are not doing your own original research you will always be a follower and you can never come up with a newer thing so that's an essential thing and in that area the covid what it has done is it has also changed the mindset of a large number of people who actually make decisions and their thinking process they also realize that it is important that a country like ours need to have some original areas where we can do we can go ahead otherwise what we have been able to show is in spite of the constraint that exist in resources or technology in all those areas where your intellectual power is involved you can you have done better than rest of the places and taken advantage of that and moved ahead but then that will allow you to go only that some distance if you really want to go beyond that and if you want to establish yourself as a person who can come up with 
a very different ways of doing things. It requires more expenditure within the country in the process of uh, enabling this expenditure, which is inevitable. Your protection is an important thing. But then if we are able to actually spend more and more of that within the country, then India is going to benefit. I'm sure all these thought processes are going on right now in the people who matter. And COVID, in a way, has changed the complete global scenario, global political scenario. And then it makes people realize that while globe has become shrunk and has become a collaborative effort, but it also has to cater to itself in the times of certain crisis. It should be able to withstand all this. Uh, we have a very interesting uh, question by a professor in a, from a university saying, uh, you know, how, how can universities, uh, you know, uh, be more involved in proposing end-to-end -end, uh, missions for research? Because we do have some student-led missions uh, with student satellites and the RESPOND program, which are the academic interfaces. But um, uh, we have not seen uh, institutions in India or research or universities uh, propose uh, uh, you know, end-to-end -end scientific missions uh, in a way that uh, is done in, you know, through other satellites like GRACE or other examples uh, in, in Europe or other places. So uh, do you have any thoughts on this as to how uh, scientific, uh, you know, uh, professors and, you know, researchers in Indian universities can uh, propose end-to-end -end missions and can get support? Yeah, I think this is a very important aspect. See, like what I was trying to tell, Today, what we see is a result of what has happened in the past. But then from now, what has to happen in future, we have to come up with different ways of doing things than what has happened. And that is where, see, one of the things I used to keep telling people was, if we go by what has happened yesterday as the yardstick for tomorrow, there would be no tomorrow. The tomorrow will be there only because there are people who want to think differently, who think beyond the limitation that existed. So while many of the people who are in this area try to look for similar mechanisms which existed elsewhere and then how it happened, there it happened because like we were saying, the total amount of money that was spent in academia and institutions was huge, trillions of dollars in the Western world. But whereas India never had such an opportunity to do. But then today, in spite of all that, we have reached a stage where there is a technological capability that exists, but then now it is for the academic institutions and the group to visualize, come up with an end. If you are looking for a new way of solving a particular problem, there is enough general source information based on that coming up with an idea. And then today the government is also trying to see how certain projects can be actually funded at various levels both within ISRO and as well as the DST and even defense, etc. Now, our ability to actually convince these, any of these segments or even split the problem what we have in hand to try and get funding from this. So it is this act and this is the area where we need to do more and more, you can say, thinking process and arrive at mechanisms where an end-to-end -end solution which can be brought in by the rigor of academic discussion and then converting it into a new way and economic way and a way by which we can get the resources from the various government and non-government entities. This is a real challenge and this is where in the coming days more and more uh, effort is required 
And today, if you look at already some, for example, the company is now building satellites in hyperspectral sensor and is trying to get it launched. So this has all happened outside space agency. So opportunities are there. In fact, one of the institutes even for quantum communication has started a program which is getting support. And one of the institute, one of the entrepreneurs is getting funding from ISRO on a program which ISRO itself is not doing. So all these are happening. But then it is for us to convince the people that matter that what idea I have is worth doing. That is where the effort is required. And opportunity exists and it is for us to work towards it. So there's a lot of uh, new technologies like uh, machine learning, uh, artificial intelligence, you know, quantum communication, so many new areas that are emerging and merging uh, with the uh, space technology itself. Uh, so, you know, a lot of the work, of course, you know, will be taken up by ISRO itself. Uh, but uh, how do you see, you know, the new generation of uh, either entrepreneurs or you know, academics uh, involved in these activities to participate uh, with ISRO in, in these uh, new technologies? Yeah, as probably you're aware, in terms of human space program, ISRO made an announcement of opportunity where almost 18 to 20 specific activities are given an opportunity for academia, entrepreneurs, etc. What you will see is more and more such thing when even a specific problem which ISRO wants to solve, that, pro that problem itself will be posed as an announcement of opportunity and then based on the proposals coming from the industry and entrepreneurs or even academia identifying. So ISRO will get into more and more such problem statements and then getting solutions to those problems, doing seed funding. And then if you look at, we established a capacity building program office, which is now trying to establish across the country, different places where certain minimum laboratory facilities are provided and also linking the local academic institutions and entrepreneurs to come together, work on that. So Israel is also trying to find different ways of working with that. What will succeed, how it will succeed, will depend on how the responses come. And again, find also the amount of money that can be spent on this. But then effort is full swing, it is there. Even Israel has also announced academic partnership in terms of new areas of technology. So in those areas, it is asking, it's identifying one particular academic institution as a partner. And in that area, what is expected is all the things research that's happening globally can be part of their uh, assessment. They can actually bring in new information, even train people, even train people within ISRO. So what we are trying to do is because see this knowledge is no one person or one, no one group's uh, actually prerogative. It can come from any different places. So the mechanisms for that, what it is trying. So one is it is trying to, what Israel is trying to do today is make more and more specific problems as announcement opportunity, even in mission, space science mission, whether it is Venus mission or Mars mission, there also it is asking. Actually, we are not getting many times sufficiently complete proposals like what you talked about end-to-end -end mission. If such a proposal comes, we'll be definitely quite happy to look at that. But what we are finding it is, of course, the many of these things would have been because of what has happened. If you look at a space science mission, until we had our Chandrayaan, AstroSat, and then ExpoSat, or even 
Aditya, etc. Even the academic people would have thought in India there is not much opportunity, there is no committed space program, etc. But today, by virtue of what has happened, we are providing an observatory. Any academic institution group can actually task the satellite for a project of theirs. So the efforts are on, but then we need more open-minded effort from the other side also to accept that ISRO is not something which has got an infinite resource and it can meet everybody's uh, uh, proposals. It has its limitation, but it's trying to work out of that limitation and come on. Yes, sir. When you review the industry base in India that works with ISRO, uh, often you know there's a lot of support from ISRO by providing them the handholding, the you know allowing them to know how space hardware is done. And over the last for 30, 40 years, uh, all these vendors have primarily been dependent on ISRO for uh, their orders. Uh, but you know today, I think there's a real opportunity for them to uh, mature to be able to do business abroad and do a lot of exports. Uh, and especially, you know, given the context of this Atmanirbhar Bharat and, uh, you know, other new programs that are evolving, uh, you know, how do you see, uh, what is, what do you think that the vendors must do to, you know, do more export and do more uh, business internationally and not just solely depend on ISRO and the taxpayer money within India? Yeah, actually, this is uh, one of the things what you are saying is what current effort of uh, in space or what the government is trying to do because capability is one thing capacity is another thing so what was done in the recent past if you see look at what isro was trying to do itself was to make sure that today probably we have about 50 plus satellite for various activities what we need is probably more than two or three even three times this number to really meet the requirements of the country in various areas now, this is where we are trying to actually make sure that the industry is able to do. But then here, the real issue is the industry actually, this is a business which is a very risky business and it is not easy to make the huge amount of, you can say, profit in a short term. You need to look at this in a long term perspective and then be prepared to take very risky decision and stick to what you have to do. This is where one of the key problems that come in the industry related to space. And even if you look at Elon Musk, for example, though he has a deep pocket, if the fifth one or the fourth one, what he was attempting had failed, whether he would have continued in this process is the question mark. See, because the first few failures which occurred. So this is where the real problem for the entrepreneurs is the their ability to survive the risk and the difficulties that come and see the fruits of their labor beyond certain point. This is one real issue which is always going to be there. And today, the more and more the entrepreneurs are looking maybe for short-term gains, short-term successes. If within that it can happen, it will work. So that is why it's a difficult area. But notwithstanding that, it is a human nature. There are people who are ready to take such risks and go beyond. And when they're ready to do that, probably they will succeed and then they'll go ahead. The real issues are two according to me. One is their preparedness for not succeeding for quite some time and then being ready for a long-term, uh, you can say, 
non profitable activity and then beyond some time profit then another thing is there are also probably some areas where you can make quick profit but there are other areas where you will make over a period of time so this you have to balance and the effort is providing numbers see earlier india itself was not able to provide sufficient number to the industry so that's how probably last few years we were able to show yes there are sufficient numbers for the investment you make you can get return because the quality requirements and the zero failure requirement put a constraint on the system this also as a philosophy is changing today when you are looking at large number of satellites you are ready to accept few satellite failures because as a percentage you are ready so you are rethinking on your testing philosophy etc etc and making it more cost effective so the whole scenario is changing and here um, sorry yeah please go ahead. Uh, sorry sir uh, just to uh, you know interrupt there uh, the recently you know the defense for example has created a, a negative import list which allows you know people to invest uh, locally and to create those uh, technologies and the products here in india uh, so given that you know uh, about i think uh, you know from the recent statements i've read about 20% of the launch vehicle components and a few more percentage of the spacecraft components are being imported by india uh for the space missions as well uh, do you foresee isro taking such steps that they will create such a import negative list to, to encourage uh, you know local firms to also produce them uh, with the support of isro so i probably see what would be happening is like what you are saying what the general idea of the government at this point of time is do more and more of commercial activities in the commercial domain that means if for example when you are talking about more launch vehicles to be available for launching if all this activity is going to be done in the industry now the industry will have the freedom to do making it more cost effective making it doer and as far as the industry itself is concerned the its effort will be to develop newer technologies newer capabilities see if you really look at the problem of cost effectiveness on the activity what we talked about they want to put a particular thing in the defense domain it is different because there the numbers etc are quite different the economics of doing that is much more amenable for such a thing compared to what you are talking about in isro and here the components what you would be looking for is while you don't want you you want to get into a situation where somebody can take you for a ride or you can say almost blackmail you for a program such a situation you don't want that means you should have at least more than one source from which you can get if more than one source is available for that small component if you have to establish the complete thing monetarily it's going to be a very problematic thing what isro has always been trying to do is work on those areas where developed technology whether it's material processing etc etc it has tried to make the best use of the accessible technology and what is not accessible it is doing it will continue to do in that fashion but then as a country when you are looking at probably there are going to be some changes as a country certain things the new mechanisms will enable more with in terms of electronic components etc there would be a different approach which uh, as a country it will take it will not be from isro per se so i don't know how much time you have uh, we have a lot of questions do you still have uh, maybe 5 or 10 minutes to stretch or yeah, another 10 minutes is okay yeah another 10 minutes is okay 
Okay, so uh, we have a lot of questions on uh, the emerging space startups in India and a lot of investment, uh, even some of the launch vehicle startups that have emerged out of India at this point of time. Uh, so how do you foresee any programs uh, specific, uh, you know, from ISRO to either support them or uh, will it mostly be around the policy aspects uh, and, and providing the, them a policy prerogative to either use the launch base or you know, many other things, would it be that? Or will you also look at uh, some sort of uh, instruments uh, like let's say NASA or ESA where they have joint funding instruments or something like that for some of these startups to mature from India? Yeah, there are two parts. One I told, for example, ISRO is likely to look at more and more activities to be done, even the few developmental and R&D activities to be done in the industry. So for that, definitely some more expenditure then what has been happening is likely to be once in a year. That means this is one place where some additional funding is going to happen. And the second area where it's likely to happen will also be in terms of the enabling some of the entrepreneurs and the people to convert many of the technologies into not only space use and non-space use thing where the industry is able to showcase that by taking up this particular technology, they have a business case, they can make money out of it, etc. Providing more and more such opportunities. Here also what is likely to happen is there will be two steps. See, when an activity is done within the organization, it is done primarily with the purpose of addressing the specific problem we have. But then that methodology can be adoptable and provide a very good solution to the problems that somebody else is facing. And this part of the activity we expect that industry or the entrepreneurs to do more and more access to what has been done will be there and converting it to a manufacturable or processable thing could be one more step where NSIL or Anthrix could be enabling that. That is one source of funding where developmental activity of technologies will be there. And then the third one, like I pointed out, that all the areas, even new problems could be posed as developmental activities in the non-ISRO space and through that also funding. So more and more the amount of uh, development that is being spent on R&D, etc., there will be more co-passengers or collaborative efforts with the industry. So that's where the additional funding part will happen. But then the real challenge will be for the entrepreneurs to go beyond that. See, definitely if they are able to the success will come for those people who establish that they have a working model where they have got some revenue. And then using that, they're able to work on a specific problem and then take off. So that is where the real advantages will accrue. Uh, sir, we, we celebrate a lot of photographs from the 1970s, especially when you, when you see the French photographer capturing some of the images uh, today, you know, that are has circulated all over the social media and everything. Um, so I wanted to know your perspective on allowing space historians. Recently, I had a conversation with a space historian who was talking about, you know, how uh, little archiving, archival information that it is available in from India for a lot of space historians who are looking at space to document a lot of things. So uh, do you foresee, of course, you know, ISRO is a very technical organization. It has a lot of space uh, related scientists. But today you have a lot of these uh, interests from, uh, you know, history, astrobiology, you know, chemistry, so many other areas that are merging into space. Uh, 
how do you see isro opening up uh, to these uh, these communities so that uh, we the public can you know access more information through this archiving process and you know inclusive uh, process of them being in place and also it, it allows people to cherish uh, all the developments that have happened over time actually this is again one of the thing is like the, in general it's a government policy with respect to the archive information etc but in general if you see what isro does most of the things are actually open literature in terms of projects activities etc there is not much but then probably what you are saying also refers to certain specific set of information how things have got decided how things have happened that is where many of the historians are trying to do and here i can only say that each specific case they have to approach and unless the government of india like many other western scenarios after 20 years or after 50 years everything is available for open if such decisions are taken then only things might change but otherwise it will be based on the government policies that are existing at any given point of time yeah uh, so also you know the neighborhood in india is a, is of course ripe for many of the applications that india has developed in uh, space technology um, how do you see of course you know sark satellite was one such example of uh, the, the neighborhood using uh, space uh, from you know space based technology from india so do you see more geospatial applications navic and a few other uh, applications evolve uh, you know for use uh, based on you know the technology that has already come up in india yeah actually really speaking if you see today there is really no constraint for the entrepreneurs to make use of these whether it is geospatial data available from the indian satellite systems or today for example isro is also putting whether it's mosdac vedas bhuvan or any of these platform lot of data is available and then it is for the entrepreneurs to reach out to the different uh, neighboring places and provide solutions to them using that and currently if you see i'm sure the way the government is now looking at the problems more and more open access is going to be available and if some people quickly start doing this work i'm sure they will succeed and i really see a big opportunity here both in terms of uh, geospatial technology whether it is navic based navic gagan and then the geospatial data that is generated both from our own resources or even from what open sources is there and the various examples of what has happened in the country there is opportunity and i am sure isro will promote to the extent the it's always a question of individual approaches there are always people who go out of the way to support there will always be others for various reasons through their own experience how things have happened some will be more conservative but notwithstanding this it is situation is ripe today for progressively get, venturing into those activities both your special as well as um, communication based solutions which can be provided there's uh, always a tussle between uh, security and you know making data available openly you know through isro satellites or so on especially when it comes to high resolution imagery and uh, you know making the applications of high resolution imagery happen uh, so do you see uh, potentially a remote sensing policy coming into place uh, 
that goes beyond the existing RSTP, uh, where uh, a lot of the geospatial applications can be unlocked because today, I think a large number of applications uh, depend on Sentinel and Landsat and other open data from uh, European and American sources. And uh, I, from what I've seen with a lot of uh, chat with uh, you know local entrepreneurs in India, they would want to access uh, more of ISRO data regularly with a higher refresh rate and more frequently in an easy fashion, like they would do with the Sentinel or other data. So how do you, uh, you know, foresee this evolving? Yeah, definitely, like I said, the government is in the process of looking at definitely making sure that this puzzle between the security and the non-security issues and how certain things, though it is not necessary under affected <clears throat> this i'm definitely 100% certain that uh, very quickly the scenario will change and there's also another aspect what we need to see many times this is actually the space technology is only one of the sources of generating data for various activity the data itself what is getting restricted from space for geospatial activities should not be the entire thing this geospatial activity can happen today if you look at whether it's, for example, very high resolution, near-term, short-term data can be collected with drones at much uh, different for smaller areas, whereas space definitely provides you on a continuous, repetitive basis many things. For certain very high resolution, drone-based acquisitions are the solutions that many people are adopting as it progresses. But then here again, the scenario is expected to change very soon and the distinction between space-based data collection versus non-space-based data collection, that conflict also should get resolved and geospatial data access should be actually dealing from only the satellite data. So the last question, so thank you very much for your time. There's a final question. So uh, we always see, you know, people quoting the space economy is $400 billion big or, you know, whatever big so on. Uh, but unfortunately, I have not come across a single study that maps uh, an Indian space economy. There was an attempt by you, Shankar, that I have read, uh, but we haven't really seen any progress on that. Uh, do you see, you know, ISRO conducting such studies on an annual basis or having uh, IIMs or, you know, IITs involved in conducting such a study that makes it very clear what opportunity for space economy in India and, you know, making the data very local to India? I think you have a very good point there and then uh, this is again another specific effort which uh, probably will have to be taken up on a rigorous basis and then maybe task a few institutions across the country. They should come out with uh, such reports maybe on a yearly basis or on a biennial basis etc so that it becomes available. It definitely is a good approach. It's to a certain extent uh, something beyond this not what ISRO itself has done was attempted, but then this also is required to be done. And see, one of the real problems that country like our spaces is, see, information is neutral. Actually, how that information gets used is the problem. And for the fear of that information being used in a particular manner, many activities do not happen. That is the scenario which the country has to come out of. And today, more and more such things are happening. And I'm sure this also will be another activity where the government will actually ensure that on a periodic basis, this will 
come out and in open domain the end result is available so thank you very much sir we've been very insightful and uh, very open even your comments so i thank you for your uh, yeah, honesty and uh, the the comments thank you thank you very much and let me also compliment the pathfinders for this kind of activity wish you a great success in your future activities and then probably one other suggestion is you should catch hold of some people from the private enterprise even if they are a small group or a small entity their success or failure or difficulties what they face they should be able to communicate because that will actually serve as lessons learned in the area and today if one of the thing what isro has learned is it is always through the problems the failures that you learn more and you find solution and if we can actually bring in more and more such examples of course you also need to find a person who is ready to discuss his failure that is that could be a challenge in itself but then notwithstanding that one of the thing could be how to leverage uh, such discussion could be one of the areas in which you could attempt so let me compliment you and wish you a great success in your future thank you narayan prasad for that uh, interaction thanks